da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. So we hope everybody enjoyed our throwback to the Batman trilogy last week and our official episode. And I hope everyone enjoyed our little bonus episode that we released over this past weekend. Our Valentine's Day special where we talked about our favorite chick flicks with one of our favorite chick guests. And that was a great time. And so here we are on Valentine's Day recording again. The show must go on. And uh, that's the great thing about the more support we get, the more content we're going to release, Brian. It's just yes, the, the more people that yeah. listen to the show, the more we feel obligated to put out more and more episodes. So expect a lot from us in the next yeah. coming weeks. We got actually another one this week coming out mm-hmm. uh, on Thursday. So yeah. keep your eyes and ears pushes us, for that. Pushes us closer and closer to full-time podcasters, which is what, which is what we want to do. So sure. we'd love to give you a show every day. We just, uh, you know, got to get there. We need your help. We appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. And um, so... On this episode, backed by popular demand from actually last week, um, <laughs> it, it's I think it's kind of written into our contract that we're not allowed to talk Batman without Shane, like on the line, <laughs> just on demand. He's back, Shane. What's up? <laughs> hey guys, how are you? More Humbled Batman talk. And thankful, excited to be here. Yes. Can you? Is there ever a time where you're going to get tired of talking about Batman? No. <laughs> Hasn't you can ask my mother. Haven't started. Haven't stopped talking about him since I've been about five. So <laughs> you can ask my you can ask my wife now. Still, still have not stopped talking about him. So right, it's like, honey, is there literally anything you talk about besides Batman? <laughs> I mean, we've been married for a while, and that's all you've ever said is just Batman related <laughs> things and quotes. <laughs> but it's a great life. I'm actually envious of you. It's a it's a it's a joy filled life, and um, glad to have you back. And excited Anytime. to talk kind of a different Batman movie tonight. Different oh, than, yeah. than uh, kind of a different page of the Batman mythos than we've been uh, accustomed <laughs> to. But excited nonetheless. Lots to talk about uh, regarding Batman. But Brian, speaking of listeners, speaking of the show, um, mm-hmm. we have some shout outs to give. We had a little State of the Union where we talked about kind of where the show's at currently. And we had some people reach out and donate and shout us out, leave reviews and things like that. So, Brian, really quickly, yeah. run us off a list of thank yous before we get the show started for this evening. Sure. Hey, seriously, too, we really appreciate it. We, you know, when we started taking donations a couple of years ago to help us, you know, pay for the uh, the the stuff that goes into making this happen, and so where uh, it's not coming all out of our pockets, um, we kind of thought. I'm not really sure that anybody we we debated can't if you remember I I think if if memory serves we really debated on whether or not we were going to do it because we really weren't sure people would would buy in and we've been so overwhelmed and blessed over the last couple of years the, with people yeah. uh, doing so and it's incredible. honestly the goal Brian has always been for the show to just pay for itself literally right. to just break even on the deal everybody wins at that point uh, right. you know uh, we can do the show as much as we we want and the fans can get as much content as we we can put out and that's really yeah. it um at at that at that point so the donations really just i mean we got to pay for a, a web server bandwidth and things the, the bigger the show gets the more bandwidth we use so we have to pay for things mm-hmm. like that and uh, of course movies aren't free ladies and gentlemen right. in fact they're pretty expensive <laughs> uh if you do multiple ones a week it can really add up over a month or a year uh and yeah. four years at that so having yeah. said that so, that's really all that's really all we it's really the only goal for the whole campaign. 
Right. Besides getting so rich that we can bathe in money, like well, Scrooge McDuck. Right. The goal uh, was to have it pay for itself, and now that we're rich, it's it's uh. Thank right. you. Yeah. 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 Super rich. Thanks a lot, suckers. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, so we have a lot that have do- we have so many people that have donated. So I'm gonna break it up over the next couple of weeks because I don't I don't want to shout. I want to give everybody their their chance in the spotlight. So uh, tonight, I want to send a uh, shout out and a thanks to Felicia Baldwin, uh, Natasha Natasha Kurtzen, Harrison Plavin. Lee Decker, Michael Doyle, and Amy Chambers. You guys are great. Uh, if you've donated, yes. and I didn't just call you out, uh, we'll, we'll get to you over the next week or two. Just wait and hear your, hear your name. If you're interested in donating, helping us out, you can find that link on our, our newly refurbished website. Kent did some awesome work uh, this last week to make the website look brand new and sparkly, and I love it. It looks incredible. There's a button on there on the front page. You can click to donate. The, uh, the amount of your choosing uh, a certain amount of money gets you uh, the opportunity to come on the show and join us if you want to. And uh, if you're interested in doing that, you can you can email me, e- email us or, or DM us or something like that. And we'd be happy to to uh, talk that over with you and, and let you know. And uh, if you're listening, if you've donated and you haven't gotten it yet, just wait. We have a little a little thank you card and a, and a tiny piece of of swag to express our uh, our gratitude uh, will be in, the, in your mailbox shortly. So look for that as well. Also, we had our listeners vote on a T-shirt on our Twitter mm-hmm. page at mam underscore podcast or just link on the website or search mad about movies twitter um and so the one that won will be for sale in the coming week or two so hit the website for that exclusive shirt it's very limited quantities and when i say very limited i mean like less than i think we printed 20 of them total yeah so um you want to get the inside scoop because i want one yeah so so hop on there Kind of refresh the website in the coming weeks, and it'll be on the right on the front page once we once we're shipping it. And uh, yeah, so we're we'll excited about that. Okay, one more thing. Yeah. One more thing, Kent. Um, we so this year we're going to be doing. We're trying to do more listener interaction. You guys are always so great about tweeting and emailing and all that good stuff with us. Um, we have started a uh, an Oscars prediction contest. And we're going to have some swag available for that for the winner of that. If you want in, so we're running it through goldderby.com, which is a great website, by the way. Uh, you should go check them out and see what they're all about. They're, they're letting us use, the, use their servers and whatnot to uh, provide a space for the ManFam to compete against each other. So you can compete against uh, other listeners. You can compete against us. And the winner is going to get some swag. Um, if you want in on that, you just need to email us. Email us at madaboutmoviespodcast at gmail.com. And uh, just send us your email address and we will put you in. There's unfortunately you can't, there's no like URL that I can just tweet out that people can join. Mm -hmm. You have to, we have to have an email to invite you. We would love to do that. So email us or, uh, or DM us or something like that. And uh, we'll, we'll get, I'd love to get 50 or a hundred or 700 people involved in that and just have a, have a good time with that. So you got about a week and a half to to get in and uh, get your picks in. And we want to do that. So make that happen and uh, we'll have a lot of fun. So there is, um, I guess a week between us and the Oscars now it's yeah, this week. And week then and, yeah. I guess we have to, that great wall movie. I don't know if we're going to talk about that next week. I would rather, <laughs> I would rather talk about John wick too. If we're going to pick and choose okay. what we're going to do. I, I mean, that's my vote, but uh, if great wall just breaks the all time box office record, then <laughs> I mean, it might overseas. I don't know about yeah. Uh, yeah. domestically here, but um, who knows? So we have that. And then we're, the week after, we're going to do our Oscars post-game show, which we record right after the ceremony, and we have that up within the next couple hours after the ceremony, mm-hmm. and the next morning as you're driving to work on Monday, your Oscars talk will be right there for you, so look forward to that. 
So house cleaning kind of up for now. Uh, so let's talk a little bit of movie news, rumors, rumblings. Movie news, yes. rumors, and rumblings. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. Well, Richard is not here this evening. Um, sorry to break it to you. He literally had an emergency at his house. Um, I'm sure he'll tell the story next time he's on the show. But uh, we wish his house a speedy recovery in uh, in this case. And Richard, of course, sends his best wishes, I'm sure. So, we are talking Lego Batman tonight. A lot of Batman talk kind of on the horizon. Uh, so let's kind of just make movie news. Uh, we're doing American Treasures tonight, by the way. American mm. Treasures here after we talk a little movie news. Um, so look forward nice. to that. Look forward to three possible inductees to the American Treasure Hall of Fame. Um, but movie news, uh, we can kind of consume this with Batman talk, too, because some juicy <laughs> Batman news kind of came mm-hmm. to the surface within the past 24 hours. Yeah. And I'm really glad we have this episode kind of penciled in. <laughs> yeah. Like this perfect yeah. thing to talk Very about Shane with and to talk about Lego <laughs> Batman. Um, this kind of harkens back to a conversation we had a few weeks ago, Brian. I'm not sure if you were on that episode or if it was just you or I or just Richard and I, but um, mm-hmm. we kind of talked about Affleck wanting to leave or the, the fact that Affleck's not directing the Batman movie. Yeah. The fact that he had pulled out of that, and he said, you know, I think I read the quote that he just wants to focus his efforts on the character of Batman and really can't spend the time to direct and focus on the deep respect that he has for the and all that stuff. And I was just like, this is BS. This is a, yeah. it, it's a publicist statement. Um, and we yeah, kind of it stinks in here, right? We, yeah, we we kind of hypothesized, you know, like there's smoke. There's definitely smoke. Where's the fire? You know, like something's going on here. Um, something's mm-hmm. not right. We kind of hypothesized on the show, like he's he's not going to be Batman. <laughs> like he wants out of Batman. He's just trying to find a way out. Um, so the rumor is, in fact, we were correct in our assumption that he, in fact, does not want to be Batman anymore. And this is coming from Collider and Collider Movie Talk. Uh, his name is John Campia, who actually is credited with this. I wanted to give him credit. Uh, he says, Ben Affleck, make no mistake, does want out. Um, mm. He says, quote, he doesn't want to be Batman anymore. I've been told Ben Affleck is talking with Warner Brothers in an attempt to get out of being Batman. And if they don't let him out of being Batman, the standalone Batman film will ultimately be the last time we see Ben Affleck as Batman, end quote. So, possible last time we see, well, we're going to see him in Justice League, which is pro- probably you know, finished principal photography at this point. Uh, we're going to see him in uh, the standalone. I guess he's committed to that as an actor. And uh, I that's think, it. although I think, although there's rumors that he's trying to back out of that too. Yeah, He's, he's trying to get, out how of can that. you get yeah. out of that? How? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know because part of this whole deal, you know what? Too, no, 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 no. Actually, um, he has to kind of back out. of it. Warner would be, it's ultimately smart to let him back out of that yes. because Justice League it, it, could happen and then you could total reboot, reset yes. Batman with a standalone that's completely new Batman and you don't have to like kind of latch on to Affleck right. at that point. Right. Yeah. If if Warner Brothers had a brain, this is uh this is kind of the perfect this is the perfect excuse to hit the reset button, right? Like you you dump Justice League. Uh they haven't 
I know. I think they've started filming on Aquaman, but they could pull the plug on that real easily and not not lose any more face than they've already lost. Uh, Flash is is dead in the water at this moment. You know, they could uh, they could hit reset. They could say, "Look, Affleck left. We've got uh, we've got to figure this. we got we got to do some some real hard look at ourselves and and think about stuff for a while, uh, and come back in in a couple years with a better idea for what they're doing." But I also, again, saying that would be to assume that Warner Brothers has a brain, and what we've seen for the last <laughs> two years, three, four years, shows that they they really do not. So I I told, I mean, I'm. Affleck is right to try to get out of this, but the thing that's kind of lost in this entire shenanigans is I don't know, you know, I haven't looked at their <laughs> I don't have uh, access to their financials on their contract, but I'm pretty sure part of the deal with this uh, when he signed on to do Batman and direct and be in BBS and Justice League and all that was that he could kind of do whatever he wanted with the studio, the rest of the studio's money, and that included Live by Night, which is a disaster, and The Accountant, which did okay but certainly didn't set the world on fire so they're they're on the hook for a lot of ben affleck passion project money kind of considerations and so that may play into it as much as we want to keep batman it may be dude we just gave you like a lot of money to do a really bad movie and another movie that didn't really do a whole lot for us and so can you yeah can you help us out here (laughs) i mean it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because it makes so much sense for them just to say, okay, screw it. We're, we're done. We just need to start over. But I'm, uh, I, I honestly think that, that, that it's honestly, the truth kind of lays somewhere in the middle. I think that, you know, Ben, Ben Affleck is an actor and he's got to have a tough skin, right? You're not going to, every movie that you're ever going to make is not going to be, you know, lauded as the best film ever made. And, you know, you're right. not going to win everybody over all the time. But I think that he believes in playing the character. But I honestly and truly, I think that this, if these rumors are true, I think this reflects really poorly on Warner Brothers. Because I think that if he, if, if all of these movies were kind of coming out and they were badly received, but Warner Brothers was there saying, hey, we get it. We understand what fans like, what they didn't like. We have a... A singular vision as to how we're going to fix this. And we have an idea of what we're going to do. We're going to get this thing back on the right track. I think that he would stick around, but I think probably, and I'm just guessing, I don't know, but what I'm guessing is he's seeing a marketing department say, well, no, this is how you got to do it. And then the studio executives are saying, well, no, this is how you got to do it. And he's sitting there thinking, well, but I have a completely different take and this is how I want to do it. And I think that if Warner brothers was kind of a united front, he might be, this is what that smells like to me is that, okay, fine. We've had, uh, essentially we've had two really big swings and misses with Batman, Superman, and then suicide squad. So how are we going to fix this guys? And I think that behind closed doors, there's eight different departments fighting about how we're going to fix it. And I think that nobody can agree. And I think that, I mean, even this week you heard there were two different camps. One is that the Batman script sucks and that we're going to swap it out and start from scratch. Yeah. And the other camp is saying that it's perfect and everybody's super pumped. The mm-hmm. truth is, I'm sure that there are people in Warner Brothers who feel the exact like it's one or the other. And I think that Ben Affleck is probably thinking, I'm not on solid ground here. I'm it, yeah. I, I don't want to do this. I'm not going to put myself out there and sign on for six more movies unless I feel like there's a whole studio behind me saying, hey, this guy can do it. He can be Batman. And I think yeah. that there's just way too many people that are, you know, that disagree, agree. It's just he's like, guys, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, I, totally. Yeah. It, it wonder I wonder a bit too is if um 
he does really want to be Batman, but he realizes that Zack Snyder's in charge of his creative fate in this entire yes, universe. Totally. And he's yeah. like, I'm not hitching my train to this guy, you know? Yeah. And, right. Fool, or fool these... me once, shame on me, right? Fool me twice, shame on right. me. Or it's like, okay, fine. Zack Snyder got the chance with Batman Superman. People didn't like it. Whether Ben Affleck likes it is beyond the point. Hey, ben Affleck People. just made Justice League, mind you. So this is coming right. after he just had the experience of filming the next mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So right. it might have been. It might. He might know another train wreck is coming. He's like, seriously, I'm out now. You know, yeah. I'm not doing another press tour where I'm. Oh, I don't know what's coming together. You know, a whole Comic Con like just. <laughs> it, he wants out while he can. While it's like still kind of in development. Really, you know, and uh, he doesn't have to make a big deal out of it. You know, I, that's how I kind of feel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, yeah. Totally. We, we see this all the time in like the sports world where, uh, I don't know, a team like the Kings that's just trash, the Sacramento Kings is just a freaking terrible team. And everybody knows this. And yet when the offseason rolls around, there's always going to be somebody who's like, well, they're offering me like $18 million and I want to keep, I want to, I want to start. And it, I'm sure it can't be as bad as everybody says. And yeah, the Browns, same thing. And then they sign there and then like, Oh, tra- this is terrible. This is a trash team. What are we doing here? And that you can't blame Ben Affleck for wanting to be Batman. Like that's a, that's a singular role. That's an iconic role. And so, you know, like, I can't blame him for wanting to do that. But then you get there and you're like, oh, no, this is this is not what I expected gotta, at all. And you got to kind of blame him. You have to kind of blame him a little bit, Brian, for oh, sure, sure, signing sure. Yeah. a multi-picture contract with Warner Brothers. Right. That's the whole deal is, uh, I mean, they probably said, you know, you have to sign. You're either in for all three or four or five or you're not in yeah. at all kind of a thing. Oh, and he was oh. like. I'm in then. And, you know, he probably in hindsight should have been like, you know, I'll, I'll be in two pictures or, you know, something like that. But right. Warner Brothers ultimately has the upper hand here and they could say, we're not letting you out of your contract. Like, because they probably know, I mean, they don't want a star that's probably going to talk crap about it or not support it or whatever. But they know that uh, th- that they can make him do it and he has to do it, you know? So it'd be interesting yeah. if they... uh I mean, considering like the movies you just mentioned, Brian, the ones that haven't totally worked out for him in this kind of downtime, that uh, maybe they want to preserve the relationship there and they let him out of it. And they are like, okay, we want to be on good terms from here and into the future. So we'll let you out of your contract. Go do what you want to do. Come back and see us sometime. You know, it didn't work out. Uh, Or they can not let him out of his deal and it can be a really rough breakup and really dramatic and. He'll have to kind of answer questions about it for the rest of his life uh, with the press. So we'll kind of yeah. see what happens. But man, it's not—it's <laughs> not what you want. You don't want Batman right. to not want. Like, who doesn't want to be Batman? You know, you know, things are bad yeah, when somebody's totally. saying, "I don't want to be Batman anymore." <laughs> you know, um, yeah. Bale said up until the end. You know, Bale said when they were casting Batman vs Superman, he's like, "Yeah, I want to come back if they'll have me." You know, right. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, he had a better experience, granted, but I mean. I don't think there are any actors that have done it before, maybe other than Clooney, that wouldn't put the cowl on again, you know, that that mm-hmm. weren't completely honored by the entire thing. So it's saying something for somebody to just back out like that, especially somebody like Affleck, who at one point in this development or this project had 100% creative control over this, you know? And yeah. then, even then, he said no, you know? Like, the, he could have made this isn't whatever he wanted it to be, you know, to where it's almost foolproof for it to, um, 
not satisfy him at least. So it's a uh, yeah. it's it's pretty dramatic and not what you want again if you're DC or Batman or anything. So it's yeah. it's kind of different side of the coin. Totally. All right. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy-glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Yeah, it's a um, shame. I just wish they, I wish they would get it together. But uh, Yeah, what, you know. same, same. I want it to be good. I want it to be good so badly. And they just, I, I have no faith in anything that's happening. Not one ounce of faith. None. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. I totally agree. Well, let's hit a short break here. Come back, talk American Treasures. And uh, move on from there. Okay. Okay, we are back and ready to talk American Treasures. The way this works is we have this little Hall of Fame going on our website. We kind of started it in jest uh, at the beginning of the podcast or in our text conversations. And it kind of bled into the show and onto the website. And our fans have really embraced it and added their own American Treasures and sent their nominees. So the way this works is... Um, these people define, we believe, what is great about American cinema, American culture, and all that that implies. So you have to have a couple of requirements. You have to be at least uh, 50 years old or in your business for 25 years, be active mm-hmm. for 25 years, and that's up for debate sometimes. Uh, yeah. You have to have a sense of humor about yourself. Very important. Very the most important sense of humor about oneself, and you have to be an American citizen. You have to be born here or uh, be a legal citizen. So, and we do have a couple of North American treasure. You can be North American if you're from our neighbors up north Mm -hmm. or Or uh, south, perhaps. 
and the soon the just announced and it's under construction right now the european treasures wing mm. is opening this year and so we're going to have to inaugurate Sweet. our first european treasure and i think we all know who that's going to be uh, mm. later fred armison as the queen on snl yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fred armison's character in zoolander actually but close, close. <laughs> okay so this is best two out of three wins we're going to vote mm-hmm. and if you get two you're in if not they're not very simple Brian, you have the first sure. word tonight. So I'm going to go, man, it's been, it's been a while since we've done this. Um, and this is kind of a bummer because I, this, so I have a list on my phone uh, of American treasure nominees and, and, and even some people who are like not quite qualified yet based on age and or years in the industry. So I just, uh, every time we do this, I go down and I kind of look through and I, I tend to keep a couple at the top is like, okay, this is who I'm nominating this time, but next time. Next time it's this person. So last time we did this, I think was in November, and uh, I tagged on my list a person that I was like, okay, next time around, whether that's December, January, whatever, this is going to be my next nominee. And uh, I love this person, and she has been uh, vital to my pop cultural upbringing. She had an incredible sense of humor about herself, and unfortunately, she passed away in December. Far too early. Uh, so I'm going to bring to the table American treasure post- posthumously uh, Carrie Fisher. That was actually mine. Oh, wow. So <laughs> great minds. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she gets my vote. Uh, she I, I don't think uh, I mean, of course, you don't really realize what you got till it's gone kind of a thing. But I mean, she was just such an impactful person. I mean, I, I kind of saw I saw the Bright Lights documentary on HBO. And that really did open my eyes to her kind of American treasure quality. I didn't really know. I mean, I knew her her parents were, but I didn't know to the extent and and that her upbringing was, you know, a direct result of them and all that um, and her career path. So, I mean, she was kind of destined to be an American treasure from day one, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, her sense of humor about herself is maybe the number one of any yeah. Star Wars person ever. Oh, totally. 100%, um, maybe yeah. Mark Hamill has something to say about that. He's lately, great. He's lately, he, lately yeah. he's just been awesome. You know, he's just mm-hmm. been totally embracing it and along for the ride and, and doing other cool stuff on the side and, and really embracing his kind of opportunity. And Carrie Fisher did that definitely later in her life. And I think you and I, Brian, when we saw her at, at the Comic-Con, yeah, a couple years gosh. ago, kind of that you and I said, thought we just witnessed an American treasure type moment. You know, we <laughs> yeah. we like, man, that's just an, uh, there are very few people that can hold people's, you know, in a whole arena's attention like that, completely unscripted and, you know, off the cuff. And she's just so talented and such an entertainer. You know, I didn't realize the, that she was such an entertainer. You know, I knew she yes. was a yeah. great actress and fun and Princess Leia and, you know, in one of my favorite movies, but I didn't realize how immensely talented she was, not only as a comedian, but as a, as a, you know, singer, Broadway type performer. Um, she, she, she could have done anything with her life, really Mm -hmm. performance or great, great writer and an incredible script doctor as well, Mm -hmm. which is take almost takes a sense of humor about yourself to be able to do that and do it well. Um, the way she was able to fill in so many, uh, fix so many movies and, and improve, uh, upon what was put in front of her without any credit to it, you know? I think so, too. Shane, do you have any thoughts on Carrie Fisher or whether she oh, belongs here? 
Absolutely. I mean, I think like a lot of people, I just, you know, up until, I mean, to be honest, and unfortunately up until she passed, I had just kind of, you know, I associated her with Princess Leia. But after she passed, I fell deep down the rabbit hole of looking about how many scripts that she had doctored and how many things she'd written. I watched that HBO thing, the Bright Lights thing, and as well as Wishful Drinking. And it just made it even more sad. What an amazingly talented woman. What a fun woman and clearly has an amazing sense of humor about herself and her place in pop culture history. Uh, it would be 100% yes for me. She was a great shining talent, and I think she was she was amazing. And I think we all absolutely miss her. Yeah. Okay, Shane. Oh, so, actually, welcome Carrie Fisher to the American Treasure Hall of Fame, where you will Boom. forever be enshrined. Okay. Get that vest in the mail. Get that vest. The vest is <laughs> straight we're, to heaven. We're sending it straight to the Lord. <laughs> care care of us. Um okay. Uh, Shane, if you want to give us your nominee. I do. Uh, actually I was thinking about it for quite some time, and I think that the person who I would like to nominate is a person who fits he's just under the cusp of being fifty, but he's definitely oh. been in the industry. But okay. He's definitely okay. been in the industry for over 25 years. Okay. Uh, right. He clearly has a sense of humor about himself. And one of the things I like about this actor's career is that he can literally go from being funny to dramatic on, on the flip of a coin. I would like to put forward, uh, and I think my wife told me he was born in somewhere in Modesto, California. I would like to nominate for American Treasure Sam Rockwell. Yes. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. That. Who, who, as we know, was in the way, way back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Favorite he movie his, that we've ever reviewed, probably, that's not Star Wars related. Right. I think he got his start earlier than this, but a lot of people remember him. He was like one of the punk ninja yeah. teenagers from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie yeah. in 1990. Yeah. But Regular his, or menthol. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but he he has been so fantastic in so many, many. I mean, he was amazingly dramatic in the movie Moon. And yeah. he was uproariously funny in that movie from a couple years back called Seven Psychopaths. Mm-hmm. If anybody saw that, he, I yeah, think yeah, that yeah, that yeah. guy just has such crazy dramatic range. He seems to be constantly cast in a whole, you know, it's like that dude is never not busy because I feel like he's cast in everything all the time. Yeah. But uh, I just feel like he kind of embodies uh, the American spirit. And I think what a great actor can do, which is that they can they can kind of do everything. They can be funny and sad in the same scene, you know. Yeah. So that would be my recommendation for an American treasure is Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell is probably one of my, I would say one of my mm, three to five favorite actors going right now. I love, I love Sam Rockwell. He is always compelling in every role that he takes. Uh, and he, you're right, Shane, like he's all over the map. He's, he's can't really, he's not somebody who is going to carry a, a big blockbuster type of movie. Uh, and, but that doesn't stop him from carrying moon, which is one of the best, sci-fi movies of the last decade easily um he is incredibly funny he's a great interview which is a real big deal for me on american treasures i want somebody who if he goes on a podcast or a a late night show or something like that he's he or she is enjoyable and uh and kind of shows a little bit of of what uh what they're all about he's a great interview uh he shows anytime he shows up i'm in and i'll i he is one of the rare few 
that I will see a bad a movie that I know is going to be bad if I know that he is also that he's involved because I'll just like I just want to see what Rockwell does because he's so he's so cool. Yeah, I love I love this nominee. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of one of those actors that you can almost say much like John Goodman. John Goodman has been in a ton of crummy films. Mm-hmm. He has never been crummy in a movie ever. John right. Goodman is always great. And I think that <laughs> he's awesome Rockwell. as Fred Flintstone. Yeah. I mean, seriously, that's <laughs> yeah. a terrible film. He's awesome as Fred Flintstone, though, right? Yeah. I think Sam Rockwell is kind of in that, you know, in that kind of line of like, he's been in some crummy films, but generally mm-hmm. speaking, he's not crummy. He's, he's always, always very great. Good. Great in Galaxy Quest. I think that's probably the introduction to him for a lot of people, probably myself included. Uh, <laughs> gosh, I mean, that's. That's that uh, performance is probably worth American Treasure uh, nomination status just just all in of itself. Uh, he's he's great, dude. He's been on my list for a long time. I'm I'm glad you you brought him to the forefront. Easily gets my vote. What about you, Ken? Yeah, he would get my vote. Um, he is so versatile. He <laughs> can do almost anything he wants to do. He can go any direction in his career he wants to go. Uh, for example, he audition. He was one of the first choices for Iron Man. Uh, he I think he went pretty deep into the process of possibly being iron man really and uh didn't get it but they were like we want you involved and so he ended up playing the justin hammer character in iron man 2 the kind of villain the kind of opposite bizarro tony stark guy right and um killed that was awesome and uh Mm -hmm. it was you know he he was kind of the the villain you didn't know about you know because it's it's always a guy in a suit right that's always the villain at the end of the day is a guy in a suit um right the whiplash uh, you know, kind of Mickey Rourke character was the villain, but Sam Rockwell was the real villain. But he was awesome in that, and kind of shows you what he could have done. Uh, he he was amazing in the way way back, and probably should have gotten so good. Uh, you know, I think he was nominated for the Globe, but not the Oscar, if I can remember correctly. He's never gotten a major nomination. I thought he was nominated so for like... the way way back for supporting. No, the his his probably his biggest nomination is uh is he got nominated for the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy and Horror for Moon. The Saturn okay. Award. Yeah. Wow. Well he definitely should have been nominated for Yeah for way, way back. That was that was so great. so we can add criminally underrated to yeah, his yeah, list yeah. Of qualifications. I, I feel like he's the type of guy that he's he's not quite fifty. In maybe ten, twelve years, he's gonna get one of these he's gonna get a supporting role in an Oscar-y type movie and uh, he'll get the nomination and everybody will be like, Whoa, where'd this guy come from? And you're like, he's been doing this for 40 years. He's incredible. You know, it's, it's just, he has that kind of feel to him of like, Oh, he's just a background player. He's he basically really, he's Brian. So good. He's a good version of Jeremy Piven. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's like a non, he's like the bearable Piven, uh, kind of the, the same. <laughs> and the complete opposite of what I mean. You know what he'd be awesome yeah, I, paired yeah. up with would be uh, Tarantino. I would love yeah, to see a I Tarantino, totally Sam yeah. Rockwell. He's got yeah. the type of dial. He, he, can, he can talk. Like, you could easily see. I think Walton Goggins is a singular talent. I love Walton Goggins. He's on my AT list for somewhere down the road. You could see him taking... He he would probably be my second choice for the Walton Goggins roles in both Django and um, Oh Hateful Eight. Like he he fits that that role so well. I think that's a great call, Ken. There's yeah. a movie that he did back in 2015. It was called Mister Right. It starred him and Anna Kendrick, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was written by Max Landis, who I know like 
people either love Max Landis or they just hate Max Landis. Sure. But it was a really fun kind of, uh, I mean, I want to say it was indie because like nobody saw it, but it was this right. really kind of fun thing where he played a hitman who's like very verbose and a little bit off color, a little bit off center. And it's a totally enjoyable 90 minute watch. It's in and out. It's done. But he once again is splendid in the movie yeah. and uh, totally worth your time if you're a Sam Rockwell fan. Yeah, I wa- I saw that movie, uh, Shane, and I didn't re- I didn't care for it, but I loved him so much. And he outcharms Anna Kendrick, who, you know, is one of the more charming people in Hollywood at this point. He exactly. Just, like, he destroys her in the charm category. It's he's he's great. He's great. That's a like, great like movie. the movie or don't. You still love Sam Rockwell. Mm-hmm. In it, right? totally. It's like every movie that dude does. Yep. Good stuff. That's a great, great nomination. Kent, what about you, man? This is tough. This is uh, this is very tough. Um, I'm not sure who to nominate tonight, to be honest. Um, several different directions that I could go, but I think, uh, I'm going to go for somebody that we all know and love on the show. Um, somebody that, uh, most people would associate with a very famous television series along the way. Um, he's American through and through and definitely kind of has, uh, that quality that you look for in an American actor. And he's very similar to an actor that uh, we already have in the American treasure hall of fame. And I think this kind of uh, cemented it last week with something he put out on Twitter, as far as the sense of humor about oneself, American treasure, Alan Alda. Oh yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. Yes. How is he not in already? You know, kind of a thing. Um, There's times there's times can't where he, he walks the line between AT and Piven, I feel like. And that, okay. so that's why, so I'll say like, that's why I've never brought him to the table. And then recently I'm, I'm with you. I don't know what it, I don't know what it is, but recently, maybe in the last year, he did an interview with some, he did a podcast, maybe Marin. I can't remember. Maybe, maybe it was that anyway, regardless, he did a podcast and I totally got on board for his AT status because it was just like, yeah, he he kind of is Pivony, but he owns it so well. And it's not, it, it's sort of somehow, despite being at times a little full of himself, he, uh, it, it's kind of endearing in a, in a weird, in a weird way. So make, make your case though, because I want to hear what you have to say about him because he's great. Yeah. Um, extremely iconic. Uh, MASH, like who hasn't, doesn't know and love MASH, like, right? Um, maybe yeah, the biggest, totally. if definitely the biggest show of all time. Still the most watched series finale of all time. Yeah, exactly. Um, in recent years, he's been heavily involved in the Blacklist, um, Horace and Pete, which is uh, the uh, Louis C.K. show that's uh, really well done, that doesn't get enough credit. Uh, 30 Rock, he showed up a couple times. Good stuff. Um, ER, uh, of course. And, um, I mean, he's just somebody that I kind of think of when I think of iconic American television and kind of mm-hmm. American actors. I always Alan Alda is somebody that I think of, and uh, he, you know, definitely fits the uh, age limit. And he's born in the Bronx. <laughs> I mean, what's more American than the Bronx? So <laughs> yeah, um, I, I love that. And The Aviator too. He was in that. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Bridge of Spies. Very recently, What Women Want. The Mel he was Gibson. also in the the West Wing, wasn't he? He yes. played like a senator yeah. or something. Played uh, Arnold Vinnick in the West Wing, senator. Oh, Arnold yeah, Vinnick. he was. He like he didn't. It was he didn't like uh, President Bartlett, right? He was like he was running against him or something. I I forget, but I'm a I senator. Loving him sir. very much. I'm a senator. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
So he was my, I had a more comedic choice, but he's, he's more my kind of classic actor choice for my nominees. So if, yeah. um, if, I love we, it. if we get your vote and then Alan Alda is, um, our newest American treasure. Oh yeah. And, I uh, love, I yeah. love Alan Alda. One of my, I mean, Hawkeye is one of the great all time, great characters, sitcom or otherwise in uh american tv history and Agreed. Agreed. uh he's always fun when he shows up he's written a lot he's written a couple of good books uh, uh he was he did a cartwheel on twitter he like he was like <laughs> here's a video of me attempting a cartwheel like and it was awful and he just put it out there like that's awesome, awesome. so yeah he's a, he's <laughs> a fun him. interview as well and uh and mash fun fact or not fun fact i'll let you be the judge the series finale of mash uh, is my birthday. I was born the the at basically at the time that the series finale of Mash so was taking the, place. You, so your parents didn't get to watch it because of you. I know, and my mom Gosh. is still ticked about it. She's still. I, angry, I didn't so. know you were born in the forties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. nice. Right before the Korean War ended. Yep, that's that's me. Yep. Okay, good stuff. Welcome our three newest American treasures. Your vests yeah. are on the way. Your vests, vests are on the way. That apartment is going to be so much fun. Yeah. Gosh. Carrie Fisher, Sam Rockwell, Alan Alda. That's gonna be that's gonna be a good one. We'll see you guys at the after party. Except for you, <laughs> Carrie. We'll just Two reminisce you. about yeah. you. We'll reminisce and throw it back yeah. to uh to good old times. Okay. Let's move on and let's talk about Batman. Boom. All right, so this is vastly different than the conversation we had, but kind of similar in a way. Um <laughs> This movie was a delight to me. Uh there we talk about, or we just got through talking about sense of humor about oneself. I mean, I, I don't think anything defines that better than this movie, you know, and as far as just embracing the good and the bad from the, from what Batman has been since the forties, you know, and it's been in how many iterations, you know, how many dozens of different movies that have come out along the way or, or versions of, putting him in live action that have come out along the way, how many different animated series, how many different comic series, how many different, you know, video games and offshoots of Batman there have been. Um, this really kind of summarized all that and then totally embraced it. And just like, we're just going to kind of nostalgically throw back to those times while also having a really fun time for both kids and adults. Uh, this, you know, in in the same vein as the Lego movie, this is really kind of geared towards both kids and adults. You know, there was times in this movie where I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I'm watching a kid's movie. And there's times where I'm thinking, oh, I'm watching a movie for adults. You know, it just it kind of you kind of get lost in either or, you know, you're kind of it's like childlike wonder and joy. And then they're talking about uh, uh, wham randomly or something, you know, like it's something a kid would never <laughs> care about or want to know about even if they, uh, if Batman was doing it. So, man, I really wish we could have it both ways with Batman. I wish, I wish that we could have these movies, this, uh, this fun, just totally, we're, we're going to go in and have a great time in a theater kind of Batman movie, and then a great, fun, serious Batman movie, you know? Unfortunately, we have the fun Batman movie, and then a really bad Batman movie, you know, on the other, on the other end of the coin. Uh, so it's, it's not, it's completely different as far as, uh, we, we don't have mm -hmm. the, the ultimate, uh, kind of make the fanboys happy, kind of make, uh, do Batman justice kind of movie, you know, uh, we, we really only have these, the fun kid type and then the, uh, the unfortunate 
kind of overblown blockbustery kind of Batman movie. Um, so I wish we we didn't have that, and we only had the good and the other good. You know if that makes sense. So right. I'm just glad we had this. It really did kind of take the bad taste out of my mouth about the, what's currently going on with Batman, which we just talked about earlier. And uh, this is this was such a fun time. It it felt like the Lego movie in the theater as far as just jokes coming at you and not knowing what to expect. And, you know, if they can continue that kind of storytelling with these kinds of movies, I'm all in. I'll, I'll see these every week, you know, no matter what kind of stuff they're throwing at us. So thoroughly enjoyed this, and I'm excited to talk. I mean, this movie is just 99% Easter eggs and references <laughs> and throwbacks and and you know one-liners you know insults and and it's so fun so i'm excited to talk about all that with you guys but uh what are your general thoughts on this uh brian i'm i'm i know you liked it but uh yeah yeah it was a lot of fun i took my kiddo to see it and uh he he was super excited because every time we go to target there's a huge batman display and he's uh been talking about lego batman for for several weeks and uh I thought it was a blast. I had a great time with it. Um, I don't think it's for, for me. I don't think it's quite as good as, as the Lego movie from a couple of years ago. And I, my, my son had a little bit of a hard time keeping or keeping his focus with it. And that's not the case with, uh, the Lego movie itself. And some of the other films that we've seen over the year that are supposed to be kid oriented and adult friendly. Uh, this one to me was m- leaned a little further towards, adults than it did kids so which is fine i don't have a problem with that it just was a a different experience than maybe uh maybe i expected or uh believed i was going to get compared to uh compared to lego movie i thought all the in jokes were were hilarious it frustrated me in some ways because it's like how do you guys get that this is really funny and that all of the stuff that's taking place in the non lego universe of of dc is is absurd and and yet you you can't stop doing that you know like it's just it's kind of like if we made a lego batman movie with the intention of making fun of all of the terrible decisions that dc has made over the last few years (laughs) and yet they did it themselves and it's like so if you recognize that this is dumb and these are problems then why can't you change it i don't it just furthers my my frustration level with with Warner Brothers DC proper because like come on like you clearly can see what's happening here but I think Arnett is the perfect place person to play uh, Lego Batman having Michael Sarah come in as Robin is is a stroke of genius and having them together is always fun because because of the rest of development days uh, I loved the 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 first I don't know thirty or forty minutes is it to me was the best part of the movie just them just bombarding you with uh, inside jokes and uh, you know, double entendres at times and and an introduction to the, the the bit with all of the various Batman villains that are real from the comics and such was hilarious. I was dying. Condiment King. They Condiment were, King. Condiment yeah. King. Egghead. Just, yeah. Egghead. There's so many that was hilarious. Uh right off the bat when they start with uh the air the airplane coming through and this this is MacGuffin Airlines, which is so funny. <laughs> like that is such a funny joke that I don't know, maybe 10% of the audience is going to pull. And oh, that, that killed me. I just died laughing and all these kids were staring at me like I was a weirdo. So uh, that I loved it. I thought it was really funny. As it went, I, I maybe it was a little, I got a little tired of the joke at times because it is kind of unrelenting. 
which is <laughs> what a lot of two star reviews of Mad About Movies podcast say, which I get. Uh, it was there were times when I was just like a little bit, a, just a little bit ready to move on and do something different. And I would say the back half of the movie is not uh, for me, at least, was not quite as funny as as the front. But that first 40, 45 minutes was worth uh, the price of a mission ten times over, and and I had a lot of fun with it. I I saw this one in three D, and I don't know what it is with these Legos, but 3D is so good on these. I don't know. I don't know if it has to do with the uh, texturing that they do or something, because it just looks so realistic. I mean, it looks like it's a Lego world. You know, I don't. I just. I know it's all CGI, and um, like I said, they just use texturing and photorealism and things like that to mimic the the actual Legos. But mm-hmm. I mean, from an animation perspective, I think this is better animation wise than the Lego Movie. But the Lego movie is a better movie than this. Yeah, it um, looked really, yes. it looked fluid. It looked very fluid, which is kind mm-hmm. of the antithesis just, of blocks, right? And, and right. the actual world that, the actual Gotham that they create is awesome. The Batcave and everything in the Batcave, it, it's just, the attention to detail is astounding in this movie, you know? Uh, the amount of knowledge that they have of, I mean, it's the studio that makes Batman, but the amount of knowledge that they do have and kind of respect that they paid to the old Batman, mm-hmm. Shane, I'm sure you can discuss and talk about is was oh, awesome yes. too. I mean, it's just, it, it, it didn't feel like they left any stone unturned on anything. Like they included everything in this movie, you know, they, oh, they yeah, really absolutely. kind of pay homage to everything. The so I think I mentioned this uh, actually when we talked about Batman Superman uh, almost about a year ago. One of my favorite quotes about Batman is from the comic book writer Frank Miller, who wrote The Dark Knight Returns as well as some other comics. But he once referred to, and I'm paraphrasing here, that he said the, that Batman is one of the greatest characters in literary history because he's like a wet noodle. It doesn't matter what type of wall you throw him against, he's always going to stick. And I think that that is why he is still one of the most popular comic book characters in, in literature. And he has been since he was created over 75 years ago, because he's so dynamic. You can do a goofy television show with Adam West where he does a bat dance and, you know, he does, he has all these ridiculous villains and you can do something that's way more serious like Chris Nolan did, or even something that's even more darker and menacing like Zack Snyder did. And they all, for for one way or another, they kind of work, right? And one of the reasons why I love this movie is because they even reference the fact that, like, they reference every iteration of Batman before it. And it's like, yeah, guys, it's it, they all work. It's fine. It's Batman. Like, right. that's that's what it is to be Batman, is to, to be able to do all these different things. And it's all good. It all sticks. It's, it's funny. It's fine. It works. And, you know, as a fan, I loved it. I... I felt like this movie was written for me and me alone. It was kind of weird. Like there were so many jokes that were so subtle that like, like even 10, 12 seconds into the movie, there was a tiny subtle callback to Hans Zimmer's score for the dark Knight. No one got it. And we're sitting in complete darkness. And I start belly laughing 12 seconds into the movie. <laughs> and my, and like my wife is looking at me like I'm crazy. And it's like, don't worry about it. Like this is, you know, I, I loved how many inside jokes they worked into this and just how many just they have this weird love hate relationship, but more of a love relationship with the entire character where it's like you got to take the good with the bad, you know, mm-hmm. and it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just love that. Yeah, I think uh, what you're referring referring to is they they really do hook you from the beginning where he's like a black screen, 
<laughs> all serious movies yeah. start with the black screen and the <laughs> logos come and he's talking about all the the logos and he's like warner bros you know and uh dc he's like the house that the bat built you know and i think he does say and drums and he talks about like the drums start coming in or whatever uh the <laughs> yeah. Hans zimmer drums it's so good and so meta and i love the kind of batman that that uh, he's kind of the narrator, and this is all Batman. This movie, you know, um, he is Bruce Wayne for a bit, and it's funny how they kind of play with that juxtaposition between him wanting to be Bruce Wayne or never wanting to be Bruce Wayne, and that's kind of like you have to have Bruce Wayne in these kinds of movies. Like, I think he's going to a party <laughs> yeah. with the cow on. He's like, "What do you mean, what cow? Like, what's a cow? You know, it's like that <laughs> armored face mask that you wear all the time. Oh yeah, dang it, and he has to take it off. You know, um. I mean, it, in, the, in the very opening sequence, there's a moment where I forget exactly what he's doing, but Killer Croc, like, either yes. turns on the bomb under the water <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he goes, Hey, I actually did something. And it's like, <laughs> yes. again, it's like, I think so many people are familiar with him from Suicide Squad, but it's like he was in the animated series back when we were all kids and he's been in the comics for decades. And it's like, once again, it's like that joke probably landed with. Seven percent of the audience, but for the seven percent it landed with, again, belly laugh. Just you know, this movie was written for people like me, right? And it's just you know, it yeah. just so many jokes like that were just so subtle, but they they land so well for for Batman fans. They did one a Suicide Squad joke about uh, why why would we hire bad guys to fight bad guys? It's a horrible <laughs> idea, you know. <laughs> And Suicide yeah. Squad came out like four months ago. Yeah, it's not yeah. like it's a. And this like is animation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they, either they knew or they thought it was going to be awesome, and people would laugh at it, be like, "Oh, but it actually was a good idea." That's why it's funny, you know. Um, so it could kind of work either way in that. But I thought that was funny that they would put that kind of a joke in it that kind of soon after it was released. Um, a couple of things I love the kind of in your face, relentless nature of the humor. Like the fact that his password is Iron Man sucks, you know, <laughs> just like screaming it. <laughs> that was funny. Um, I loved the fact that Siri was the computer robot voice yeah. that he has. And it's just Peter. like he just has an iPhone on a dock in his Batmobile. And he's <laughs> like, you can see all the texting apps and everything like a normal iPhone would have. Um, that was I read funny. today. I read today, by the way, that they've already built in Easter eggs on your actual iPhone. So if you turn on Siri on your phone and you say, hey, pewter, Siri will respond back with a bunch of different references to the Lego Batman movie. Wow. That's genius. That's like I tried it this morning and I said, hey, pewter. And Siri said, I've already warmed up your lobster thermidor in the microwave, sir. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's so uh, good cross promotion, Apple. Way yeah. to get in there. And they, I was like, they had to have gotten permission from Apple to use Siri's voice, right? And not they probably mm -hmm. did have the cooperation that's awesome uh a, a funny bit i thought was just him standing in front of the microwave like waiting for his thing to i don't know what he was cooking but i thought that was funny how the <laughs> light was like you could see the thing rotating in the microwave the way the light was and um that was just really clever and and funny to me like i don't know if a three-year-old would find that funny but that's the kind of yeah. humor that i like and then um, he's eating his right. lobster on a jet ski right because <laughs> why not a um, bat jet ski. <laughs> yeah, uh, forgive me, a bat jet ski. Yes. <laughs> I, something not really relating to Batman per se. 
uh, but a joke that I found funny was him just like screwing with his inputs on his TV, like the HDMI, yeah. all the different. He's like, it's not on that one. Dang, dang it. That one, dead gummit. And then yeah. he's watching Jerry Maguire and laughing at the fact that you complete me. He's like, oh, people with family are are horrible, you know? And then the fact that <laughs> well, this and movie... Well, also, I think, yeah. I, again, second layer of that joke, right? You complete me is something that Heath Ledger's Joker yeah. said yeah. to Batman. So it's like that joke you works, again, on two me. levels, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um... It's it's incredible the like I said the the amount of kind of references that they can stack on each, on top of each other it's a uh, it's pretty awesome um the when Alfred is kind of or by the way Ray finds as Alfred was everything we kind of hoped it would be right we mentioned that right. last week <laughs> little did we know we would get it less than a week later and I could picture it in a real movie like a good movie I think he nailed the actual you know, performance aspect of what Alfred should be in our minds. Um, as far as, uh, his attitude and everything, it was, uh, it was great. I love the casting of Michael Sarah. It, it, yes. it proves that, I mean, he, anything he kind of touches turns to comedic gold. In my opinion, I think he's just so talented, especially as a voice actor. We had him in sausage party this past year and he was brilliant in that as well from a voice acting perspective but he was great and i loved when he he said his name was richard grayson but the kids call me dick and batman says kids can be cruel these days i was like they did not go there that's amazing they they could not go there with this movie but they did it was great and that's and that's about two seconds after he blasts all the kids with the bat merch gun yes that that was genius um but when alfred is is saying you know, kind of going over all the past iterations of Batman. He's like, you sure you want to be Batman after this and after this and after this, you know, and they're, and they, they, they re- recreate all the other Batman films. Like I, at least one still, I think from all the Batman films and mm-hmm. they do all the Chris Nolan ones, you know, all the Schumacher ones, but it's funny because for Batman and Robin, I think they just used the still of the bat nips. Like they didn't even animate anything. They <laughs> yeah. just used like a frame of the bat nips. Because <laughs> there there is no Lego in the world that right. can still capture how <laughs> awfully stupid that suit was. Oh, that was great. You just too. gotta show the real thing. You yeah. Know? Oh, it was so good. Um the shark repellent joke was funny too. Uh a nod to the original yes. Batman. Great. Great reference. Adam Ward stuff. And the fact that he actually uses the that repellent (laughs) later and it works is great. Um I loved I mean, I thought we were gonna get all the you know, the the Batman villains and the Batman characters and who knows. But I loved the aspect of bringing in just every random villain on top of it, you know? Every Mm -hmm. kind of Lego villain that they could bring in. And they had the Gremlins and they had Sauron, the eye of Sauron, and they had Godzilla and King Kong and the Jurassic Park, like dinosaurs. And uh, I love that. Um, that that was kind of what I liked about Lego Movie, too. Like the kind of, I don't know, the, the council meetings they had, and they're just pointing out random characters. And you just don't know who's going to show up, you know, at several different points of, or aspects of the, uh, of the Lego Movie. I thought we were going to be limited to Batman here. But like I said, I was pleasantly surprised with how many different kinds of characters that they could throw out. And it just kind of opened my mind to the possibility of what other Lego movies that they can make and that I would be interested in seeing. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. like that. To me, it was, it felt like an entire celebration of just being a fan of, of Batman, 
you know, and that it's kind of it's one of those things that if you're a Batman fan, you got to kind of take the good with the bad. Right. Much like how, you know, Brian, you're a huge Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. And I think that we can all agree that even though those those, uh, you know, the prequel movies are awful, there's a few things in them that are that are acceptable and that are even, dare I say, good. And that's you would be the first person to admit, I would hope that there are some things that you can pull out of them because you love Star Wars and there's some good Star Wars and there's some bad Star Wars, but Star Wars feels like it's yours mm-hmm. and you're so willing to call a spade a spade. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. But right. being a Star Wars fan means you have to acknowledge all of it. You can't just ignore parts of it and pretend that they don't exist. You know, well, I try, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I mean? And it's like, I love the fact that this movie acknowledged kind of this character has definitely had a ton of warts, mm-hmm. you know, and they've had some giant missteps. But, you know, as a fan, it's like one of those, yeah, you got to kind of, you, you, you know, you're taking it all in together, I suppose. Yeah, I thought that they were going to go kind of the direction of the Lego movie with this when they sort of mention the, the the phantom zone and when they start to kind of explain what that is and they say you know it's it's a it's held up by paper plates and it smells like underwear you know i thought we were going to get the moment <laughs> like we do in the lego movie where it pulls back and it's actually in somebody's basement the whole time you know yeah and we're in the real world i thought we were going to get that at some point with this but i'm really glad that they didn't go there with this movie or try yeah, to you could it. overdo that yeah. real easily. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, that's kind of where the Lego movie won me over. Honestly, was the whole Will Ferrell and his son storyline with that movie. It really did put it over the edge for me. It's just like, man, that was so well executed, you know, and, um, makes you think and it's entertaining and fun and creative. And I love the way they went about that, but I'm glad this, they just kept this to just, an hour and 25 minutes of just nonstop fun. And mm-hmm. that's really it. Um, that was good. All the rom-coms, Brian. Yeah. We just came off talking about rom-coms this past week mm-hmm. and they shove mm-hmm. like six rom-coms into this movie. Serendipity, to be honest, was in this. He's like, you got serendipity. <laughs> yeah. He's pulling out all so the DVDs funny. that are in his like bat wing or whatever. Uh, did you guys notice in the background of one frame, like outside of Gotham, he walks by a movie theater and the movie that's playing in the back is two shades of gray. (laughs) That's great. It's (laughs) I I guess because it came out the same day. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that's a little bit of like a a subtle insult there since it came out the same weekend, but yeah. Wow. Okay. There were so many jokes like that though, that I feel like you're going to have to pause this movie frame for frame to really appreciate like, Oh, look what it says in the background there. Yeah, I like that. What I really liked about this too, and I think it it's it's a lot harder to do with live action. But what you can do with animation is you really strip down the performance. And you you kind of you don't think about that. You're really writing the character for the traits that what makes the character great, right? Like they, I really felt like they knew the Joker and they knew Batman and they knew Robin and they knew everything we loved about Batman. But oh yeah, but when you have an actor attached, you you get kind of swept away when that actor becomes that character. Like for example, oh it doesn't matter, the Joker doesn't matter because we got Jared Leto doing the Joker, and it's this eccentric thing. Like it, like that's all that it is. You know what I mean? Like you can kind of mm-hmm. get lost in the the bit, and with with animation, you really do have to kind of know the character, or it doesn't work. You know, and the characters in this movie were very well written and you cared about them and they were funny and you want to see more of them. I think it, 
it definitely passed my test on the character aspect. Uh, it, the plot kind of thrown together. Um, Seth Graham Smith wrote this. I think he's the guy behind the Abe Lincoln Vampire Hunter and some other stuff, you know, so mm-hmm. he's, he's not a great yeah. writer. And I think they're, you know, he wrote the story and then there were six other writers, I think, that came in to clean this thing up. So, yeah, a lot of hands in the I think, in the pie. I think Seth Graham Smith was also one of the guys who wrote the original drafts of The Flash that they've yeah, like abandoned. The, and they, the director. Of the oh, Flash. he was the director. He the original oh, director. Yeah. The, now no. we're three, three down the line on directors. at least. <laughs> no. at this point. Good, good Lord. <laughs> Just we have a TV show we like, guys. Why do we have <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? Just Why does this have to be, be a thing? Just let that be. We need a Supergirl movie that's not associated with Supergirl, the show. That's what <laughs> yeah. we need, right? That's we, like what they're saying. We've done one successful thing in the last five years. It's our TV universe. Let's ignore that, please. Yeah. <laughs> Good grief. Yeah. Um, so, as far as Easter egg goes, uh, oh, that's what I was, that's just what I meant was, uh, I, I just thought that the animation let it, let it, um, it, it it opened the possibilities for way more than live action does for what we can do with Batman and the Joker and all the villains mm-hmm. and everything. I just loved, I just love animation for that. Like the, you can just be completely outrageous and get away with literally everything. So I love that. Um, but as far as some of the other Easter eggs goes, um, I have a few that I noticed here. Feel free to add any that uh, you guys think of. But uh, I noticed Harley Quinn's shirt said Smilex, and that's kind of, I guess, a nod to the uh, poison or whatever that uh, um, Jack Nicholson's Joker uses in the original Batman movie or mm-hmm. uh, something like that. Uh, I saw the Iceberg Lounge here. I believe that's a Penguin reference. Correct me mm-hmm. if I'm wrong. Yeah, it's a casino that he owns. Uh-huh. Uh, I saw Soder Cola which I am familiar with from the comics. That's kind of like the DC brand of soda that they use in DC comics. Cause they can't use Coke or Pepsi or whatever. Saw that. It, it, that absolutely is. Where was that? I, I, I things go by so fast. There's, this movie, I totally missed it. Yeah. Oh, you, you out fanboy Jane. Watch out. Kent. he's I coming think, for you. It was a sign. I believe <laughs> in like the, like times square something, or was he drinking it? I don't know. I don't remember, dude. I'm telling you. I see how so it's like. Many. I know what it looks like. It looks like cursive. Soda is in cursive, and this is cola. And I, I can picture it in my mind, kind of like a yeah, yeah, Coca-Cola. yeah. Um, Ferris Air is in this. And that's kind of that's Hal Jordan's, um, I guess, job company, whatever. Uh, run by Blake Lively, if memory serves. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I think in the airport also a jet pilot <laughs> sequence, there's um, and there's a billboard to that. At some point, uh, the Wham song that I mentioned earlier, uh, that's in reference to George Michael Bluth, I believe. George Michael, who sang the Wham song, and it's Robin <laughs> dancing to it as his theme song. He's trying to pick a theme song, so I think that's a great little reference Gosh. for us Arrested Development fans. Um, speaking of theme songs, the John Williams Superman score plays at the uh, Fortress of Solitude, which I thought was great <laughs> yeah, when he rings the doorbell. Fantastic. I love that. Uh, I already wrote down here Condiment King, which is an actual villain from the Batman, I think, animated series. Yeah. I mean, they all were. Dr. Phosphorus was in there. I mean, there's all (laughs) sorts of just random. Yeah. I mean, there are random villains that show up for two issues in the comics in the mid 80s. I saw a couple of those like whiz by in a couple of scenes, you know, went through about 30 names in a 10 second span. It was it was like, whoa, what's happening here? 
Well, and there were some, I don't even think they called out Dr. Phosphorus, but it's just one of those, like you see him randomly in the background in one frame. You're like, well, is that, who was that? And then it goes by too fast. But oh yeah, they, they weren't joking. Every villain they named is a legitimate villain that has appeared in a other Batman thing over the course of the years. Amazing. Condiment King. That's so funny. <laughs> He's got ketchup in one hand and mustard in the other. <laughs> yeah, Batman That's in a comic one. once referred to him, he once referred to him as Mustard Man. And oh. then he got all pissed off. Oh, no, he's the condiment king. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, also, Doug Benson, the voice of Bane in the movie. <laughs> because he often imitates Bane on his Doug Love, Doug's Love Movies yeah. podcast. So and, that's uh, a reference inside a reference inside a reference, right. that one. Bi- Billy D. Williams is Two-Face, who was yeah. the Harvey Dent in the original Batman, you know, the first Keaton Burton Batman, mm-hmm. which is pretty funny. The the cast for this movie goes on and on. I mean, <laughs> All right. Mariah Carey was the voice yeah. of the mayor, like, at one point. Like, it's nuts. But I did, I did, one of the things that cracked me up is that they had Ray Fiends in the movie, and to do the voice of Voldemort, Eddie Izzard. <laughs> Eddie Izzard. Yeah. Let's just get him instead. Amazing. That's so fantastic. That made me giggle every time he talked. Yeah. Uh, I, Rosario Dawson as Batgirl in the movie. Jenny Slate as Harley Quinn. Jason Mantzoukas as the Scarecrow. Conan O'Brien played the Riddler in the movie. Uh, Zoe Kravitz was Catwoman. Uh, this is a pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, Seth Green was King Kong. Jermaine Clement was Sauron. Ellie Kemper played Phyllis, the the uh like robot block thing the from thing, the yeah. brick <laughs> thing from the Phantom Zone. I kept trying to figure out who that was. I was like, oh, that's Aaron from the Office. I finally figured it out. Um, Channing Tatum was Superman, reprising his role from the Lego Movie, as well as Jonah Hill as the Green Lantern. Adam Devine played the Flash. Uh, Mariah Carey was the Mayor. You are correct, and. Uh, Chris Hardwick as reporter number three. I think we'll leave it right there. Okay. So that's, um, that's the Lego Batman movie. I mean, it's just nonstop jokes, references to Batman. It's every Batman fans dream kind of movie, just fun hour and a half, go enjoy Batman for an hour and not really kind of have to worry about being too intellectual or having to follow like a Christopher Nolan twist or anything like that, you know? (laughs) Um, or not have to be let down by Schumacher. This is kind of the the perfect kind of cross between those. And again, it's just more of a celebration of Batman than it is a a continuation of it. So uh, I'm going to hit a grade here. Do you guys have any other things written down that you want to mention on? I think, I think maybe my favorite part of the whole movie beyond the inside jokes that I'm probably caught even less than half of uh i love joker batman relationship and the the commentary back and forth between them of like they like need each other and like yeah yeah. the whole bit of joker needing batman to yeah to hate him and batman just mehing him all over like superman's my number one enemy like he's a good guy he's not a villain there's a really strong little bit in the way that tied together in the end I thought that was really funny. And my kid was excited about that too. He came, he was running around spoiling the movie for everyone. Everybody <laughs> that uh, Joker turned into a good guy at the end. So it was, uh, it was a, a crash course in trying to keep a kid quiet too. I don't want to, yeah, I don't no, want to, I don't want to make this seem like this movie was completely devoid of any emotion because it definitely was. And I really liked how they went about the, 
you know, him finding a new family and, and mm-hmm. Robin and Batgirl and everything and, uh, and Alfred. And because of course he doesn't have a family, he was an orphan, you know? Yeah. So he's kind of finding a, his new family. And, the, and when they're and where they, he, you know, he hangs up the picture next to his old picture. Like that's a touching sweet moment, you know? And that's kind of like yeah. all you need in this kind of movie to kind of, otherwise it's a, it's a throwaway, you know, it, it really did have that tender moment that you kind of want if you're, with your, the kiddos and all that. So, uh, and it's a lesson not only is important for kids to learn, it's a lesson that feels natural for Bruce Wayne yeah. slash Batman to learn. It doesn't feel like it's mm-hmm. tacked on to the ending, you know? Yeah. It feels yeah. like he could have, that could have, that could happen in, an, in a live action movie. He could find solace in Robin or whoever he's teaming up with, you know, find yeah. that family that he can find out that in fact, we ain't friends, we family. I will say, as a diehard obsessive fan, this movie delighted me to no end. I will be seeing it at least a dozen times this year. Like, I cannot wait to buy it, watch it over and over. And I, it's a fantastic film. As as a film, I can't recommend it enough. And then as a Batman fan, I can't recommend it enough. It's great. Although I will say, by the way, and I'm going to choose my words very carefully here, because I, I don't think the filmmakers intended for this to happen because they wrote it like a year and a half ago. But the 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 spot on current satire of a petulant man child who refuses to admit that he's wrong or accept help <laughs> well, seemed very poignant <laughs> seeing it in the theater this weekend. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's very on on the nose, right? And yeah. uh, I I love the other little reference to Batman and Superman. They kind of recreate the scene of them facing off against each other, and they play. They kind of play, and to your point earlier, Brian, of if you know that this is a problem, why don't you fix it? You know, if you're kind of poking fun <laughs> so at yourself for putting man. this it's out so there, because yeah. they all make references to the fact that Batman's greatest villain is Superman, but it's really not, you know, kind of a thing. And it's just like, they're just, you can tell <laughs> they're just cashing in on this whole thing. I mean, it's, it's really frustrating, but <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of done. Um, I'm going to hit a grade. I'm going to give this a solid A. This is a, another home run for the Lego series, I guess. I don't know if they're going to make another one of these or they're going to, what other characters they're going to do with Lego. I know that the Lego Movie 2 is in development right now or they're working on it. I think it's 2019 it comes out. So, and they've got that Lego Ninjago movie. Ninjago, that's going to be huge because yeah, that's already a TV series that. that kids are yeah. obsessed with. Um, so that's going to be a straight, I don't know if that'll be like this, like more like for adults, I think that'll be just one for the kids, but we'll have to see. But I think the possibilities are endless. They could, they could really do a Lego Lord of the Rings or, you know, something like that, Lego Harry Potter or whatever they want to do. And, and it could mm-hmm. be very successful, but I think Batman is the perfect character to kick these standalone Lego movies off. And yeah, yeah, it was, it was totally. a, it was a natural execution. fit. Yes. Okay. What's your grade, Brian? Uh, I'm going to go just slightly below you and go A minus. I really enjoyed it. It wasn't quite as kid friendly as I, I guess I expected it to be. I thought Lego movie, Lego movie, I believe was in my top 10 for 2014 or whatever year that was. Uh, so this is just a little bit below that. I, I'll go a strong, strong A minus. And I also look for, I, you know, I'll, I'll watch this when the kid wants to watch this. I'll be happy to, to pop this in the, in the Blu-ray player and watch this over and over again for sure. Shane. 
A plus. A plus. This movie, well, again, I totally admit there's a bias going on. I, there's a bias involved, but all of the super specific, bizarre inside jokes landed with me a hundred percent. And I just, I was, sure. I was honestly tired. My stomach hurt from laughing so hard at the end of this movie. Uh, so I loved it. I cannot wait to. I, I will not be surprised to see this movie show up in my top five at the, you know, at the end of the year. Uh, I loved it that much. So please go see this movie. It's fantastic. A plus from me. I think I awesome. laughed more at the Lego movie. Just like uh, I just found yeah. some more of the jokes funny the first time. But I, I, I like I might have liked this one more just because there is so much more to kind of go back and see, you know, and um, it made me like Batman again. I, I know that's weird to say, yeah, but no, it I really did. Fair. It made yeah. me like Batman again. And that's great. And one more joke I forgot to mention. The Robin reggae man joke, where because his whole suit is reggae. <laughs> yeah, I never thought that, that one was great sensitive. too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good. Rip, and he rips the pants <laughs> off because he. Yeah, that's good. I mean, there I I could go on and on, but good stuff. All right, let's move on and let's hit a quick recommend, guys. Weekly recommends. So I'm going to recommend a music album. We, uh, we like to keep things kind of open on We Could Recommend. We recommend a movie, anything you want. We recommend an album. Uh, Ryan Adams' new album is com- oh. coming out called Prisoner. <laughs> and this applies to the show because it's dedicated to American treasure Gary Shandling. And so funny. Dedicated yeah. the, the album to him, and I'm sure it influenced the production and writing of the album. And it's a fantastic album it's it's as good as anything he's ever done and if you're not familiar with ryan adams he's singer songwriter out of uh i think he's from nashville is that where he's originally from jacksonville okay jacksonville um and he is uh kind of the man when it comes to yeah you know the uh, modern day singer songwriter he's he's got total total rock star you know he's, he's less on the countryside more on the rock side but he kind of straddles that line kind of perfectly between them. Like, i know he's done grand Ole opry that's why i said nashville i know he's done those types of things with yeah with third man and with willie nelson and, and with uh you know that whole scene he's very respected and in, in the nashville country scene and the rock scene and um his music is is um, very versatile. I mean, he you can listen to his first album and kind of follow his career. He's definitely evolved his sound over time and has a sense of humor about himself. He's hilarious. Uh, if you listen to his live concerts or anything, he definitely jokes around with the audience a lot and plays cover songs. And I think he plays Brian Adams songs sometimes because people always confuse him with Brian Adams. And uh, he did a whole album of Taylor Swift covers and just kind Which of is incredible. fun. It's, it's a so really good. good album, too. He yes. did the 1989 album all in his style, which is, or in his interpretation, which is really cool Gosh. to hear. Yeah. yeah, that was surprisingly enjoyable. Yeah. So good. It really Taylor, Swift's is. A, it, Taylor Swift's a great songwriter. I think that yeah. needs to be clear, too. Uh, that's kind of the point he was trying to make, I think, with the by doing that. Is like, these are great songs, regardless of how poppy or you know how if your little sister likes them like she she can write a song and so you know above all uh it's it's great it's called prisoner Uh, a few standout tracks um on it include breakdown and haunted house and do you still love me is the first song which is great um Mm -hmm. 
Um, to Be Without You is probably my favorite song on there. So it'll be on Spotify, I think, this weekend it comes out, but you can stream it now on Spin, I think, has it, and Rolling Stone. So Ryan Adams' Prisoner, another solid one from him. And, uh, you know, always look forward to his music. So that's, yeah. that's my recommendation. If, if you're not Can't into wait. Ryan Adams, get into him, and you'll thank me yeah. later. Like yeah. his discography, his catalog. I mean, it's, it's hours of stuff. You'll never yeah. hear the same song twice. Different versions yeah. of songs. I mean, he, very true. He'll do three. He'll do the a song three times in one show. A different version of it every time. You know, and it, that's so cool. Um, I love yeah. that. People don't people don't do that anymore. You know, <laughs> there there are very few rock stars left. So it's good to good yeah. that there are some. He is the definition of prolific. Uh, he he has thousands and thousands and thousands of songs uh, that many of which will never see the light of day. He's very open about like he's just got servers full of songs that he'll never uh, he'll never release when when he when he dies, hopefully in a, a long, long time from now, it's going to be um, quite the discovery he's, for for his estate. Um, yeah, very not very famous, but sort of famous for dating Mandy Moore for a extended yeah, period of time. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he was actually on Mark Maron's podcast this past week, uh, the mm-hmm. WTF podcast. He's on there for, I think, an hour and 20 minutes. So that's a good intro to him, too, that Mark Maron yeah. episode I did get to listen to. And that's a recommend as well. So Ryan Adams, yeah. good stuff. Love it. If, um, you, uh, yeah. if you listen to Prisoner and you like what you hear, go back and get uh, Heartbreaker. Heartbreaker's first album, and it's my favorite album of all time. It's incredible. Incredible piece of work. It's so, very different than recommend. Prisoner. Everything he does is yeah. different. He does a different, like every album has a different take and a different, almost a different genre. Um, over and over, it's, it's he's he's remarkable. He's the only really person is. I've ever seen uh, on Letterman play the song twice. Like he played, yeah. I think it was "Give Me Something Good," and Letterman's like, "Just play it again," and he played it <laughs> twice as they went off the air. I've never seen Letterman do that to anybody you know he's yeah. had the rolling stones on this show before and he's never been like just play another song you know but ryan um he was so blown away that he made him play the song twice and it was it's really cool see it on youtube but that's my recommend brian, brian what's yours uh real simple the americans is on amazon prime season four just hit uh, a Sweet. couple of days ago uh i saw the first five six seven episodes and then my wife and I moved this summer, and uh, we we couldn't get caught up in time. And then FX is, uh, for all of its greatness, is the worst network in the world when it comes to allowing you to see their freaking product. So I've been waiting forever for it to reach a place where I could watch it because season five kicks off May no March seventh. Um, so I'm 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 binging season four right now. Uh, it's if it's not the best show on TV, it's certainly giving whatever you think is the best show on TV a run for its money. And uh, I think we might do an episode here at the end of the month, kind of prime for season five or something. If we can, if we can all get that put together, it's so good. It's so good. Carrie Russell and uh, and Matthew Reese are just on another planet as far as uh, their talent and what they're bringing to the screen every single episode. Um, and I am. Every time I look at the ratings for the show, I am supremely bummed out that more people are not watching it. So get on there. You can you could binge all four seasons really easily before March 7th if you tried hard. So get to it. Let's do it. I want, I want everybody to watch The Americans. Yeah, it's a great show. I've, I'm caught up, excited for the new season. So it's going to mm-hmm. be going to be great. And it's not too late to get on board, believe it or not. 
I think no, I'm part of the, I'm short. part of the problem. I hear you guys talk about how great it is, and it's just one of those shows <laughs> that I'm like, man, I gotta get around. It's, to that it's show. going like once it ends, it's gonna be like a Breaking Bad or a The Wire. You know, it's gonna be a show where people are gonna be like, you have to go back and watch it. You know, it's I can tell it's gonna get after it, it goes off the air. It's gonna become more popular. You know, like people are gonna discover it and be like, man, this was good. I can't believe this isn't still on. You know, kind of a thing. Um, all it needs to happen is for it to get on Netflix, for it to be a huge Gosh, show, you I know, because nobody yeah. and the people that do know about it, like, oh, I'm not cut up. so I'm not going to start it. You know, that's kind of how people are now. If they can't go back and binge every previous episode, yeah. they don't start it. So the people that it's are all on Amazon Prime now do it. Good. Do it good. now. The, yeah. uh, the, the people that watch it, I'm sure are the people that have been on it since the beginning. So um, I, we will we suggested it a lot. You need to get on that show. Mm-hmm. You really do. Um, Shane, what's your recommend? So we were talking when we talked last week about Christopher Nolan, it reminded me of something that I haven't, uh, really thought about in a couple of months, but it's something that I think is a little bit different. It's a little bit out there for, for a lot of folks, but there is a team of filmmaking brothers. They're called the Quay brothers, Q U A Y. And they make these kind of bizarre stop motion animated short films. Uh, and they've been doing them since the late seventies. Uh, Christopher Nolan made a documentary about them, a very short documentary. It was like a 10 minute documentary about them. And then they released all of these films on a Blu-ray box set, uh, that they've made over the course of the years. Um, and it's called, it's just called the Quay brothers collected short films, but they're all fresh new transfers from 35 millimeter. Cause these guys are big film. You know, we only shoot on film type type folks. And they're, they're very, they're admittedly, they're not for everyone. They're silent films. They're these bizarre kind of short films with like dolls and they're very kind of gothic and weird, but they're visually stunning. And so many filmmakers from Chris Nolan, you know, to David Fincher and all these other David Lynch have wrenched, like mentioned how much they like these guys' visual style. Um, and they're kind of beautifully bizarre i would i would put them so they're not for everybody but if you like christopher nolan if you like seeing some of the stuff that inspires some of your favorite filmmakers give this uh this box set a shot i think you can get it on netflix like you can rent the the blu-ray disc but it's worth checking out because it's just kind of delightfully bizarre and it might be something that i don't think a lot of people would normally they wouldn't just find it on their own so if one or two people check it out, though, I think you might be, uh, you know, uh, pleasantly surprised. Good recommend and applicable, as always. Well, this has been great to talk more Batman, but um, looks like we're going to have to postpone you till uh, Justice League or no Wonder Woman. We'll pencil you yeah. in for all the DC stuff. How about that? Or oh, anything else? Just... Anything else? Anytime next time, Richards toilet bursts or pipe bursts or whatever <laughs> you're welcome on to fill in for anybody i so. will i will dry clean this cardigan sweater i will hang it up and then it'll be ready to go the next time richard cannot do the episode Great. has a little like a small pocket size version of some emerson writing just stuffed in the pocket there it's i'll one up them i'll put a scarf on you know <laughs> well you can find shane on facebook his name is Shane Byerly, B-I-E-R-L-E-Y. And right. uh, Adam has a friend, and he loves to talk movies and Batman with everybody. So Absolutely. I'm sure you welcome that. Uh, Brian, where, where can we find you, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at BGill12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. The brand new, fresh, 
shiny madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Site looks Kit, great, guys. It looks so good. I'm I'm so proud of you, buddy. Uh, Kit, where can we find you? Um, you can find me on the Twitter at Kent Garrison. Find me on Snapchat at the same name and at kentgarrison.com. And find our show, Mad About Movies, at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Hit subscribe. Donate the amount of your choosing on there. Leave us five stars. Who knows, we might feature your review if you do so. And that helps grow the show, and we appreciate that. Thank you to the sponsor for making this episode happen and for bringing you an awesome deal. Take advantage of that. And until next week, which we'll be talking something, I'm sure, I'll see you at the cinema. Bye. Bye. See you. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. Then he 